they are talking with him as opposed to him talking with them. Of the two men, Moses and Elijah, what could they have been talking about? Well, according to Luke chapter 9, it indicates that they were conversing about the death that Jesus was going to face, basically his end. But when we think about the two men and Moses, who of course was the lawgiver, the liberator, what stands out and is of significance for us tonight is that Moses, just like Jesus, experienced something major in the wilderness. Isn't that something? You will remember in the story of Moses and the people of God, when notice is given to Pharaoh that the people of God have to leave Egypt, the notice basically reads, they must go to worship me in the wilderness. Please note, the reference isn't made to the injustice they have suffered. Oh my goodness. That's not the reason stated for why they have to go, even though injustice had been suffered but rather they have an appointment with God in the wilderness for worship. There is a call to worship in the wilderness. It is while the people of God were in the wilderness that they came into a sense of who they were. Mm-hmm, yeah. The worship in the wilderness was not a matter of rote, not a matter of custom, but God saying, I want a relationship with you. I want this worship thing to be out of relationship and not just something else to do. It was when Israel was in the wilderness that being reliant on God became so clear. Either you're going to depend on God or not. In the wilderness, the place where the order that we live by has been suspended is the place where God longs to meet us. All of our lives are ordered or structured by what agrees with us, by what makes sense to us. But commitment to God does not grow in a context 
where everything revolves around what we have already shaped. Commitment to God grows in a place where we cannot define it and impose our own order. In the wilderness, we become aware that if God isn't the constant, I don't know what sense will come out of being here. Please note that John, who baptized Jesus, the Bible says that, that John was in the wilderness himself, baptizing. John was in the wilderness engaged in a baptism unto repentance, calling people to, to, to look at their lives and to make sense of their lives. And you know, there's really no need to repent unless we understand that our lives are lived in community. You see, if, if it's when we live in relationship to other people that we realize there's a need to repent of anything. And so John in, in the wilderness invites, he calls people, he calls them to come and repent, not to do a 360, but to do a 180 and to be baptized. And to be baptized was not just a matter of water for water's sake. To be baptized was to indicate whose side you were on. To be baptized was a matter of saying, this is who I understand myself to be. I have, a, I'm making a commitment. I'm engaged in a covenant with this person. This person now is the one who organizes my life, who shapes my thinking, who influences the way I see the world. It, it's like, it's like when, when someone playing on a basketball team is traded to another team, and that team has a very different mindset. Once they sign up, they don't flourish in the new setting with the old team's mindset. To be baptized meant to say, I am now part of a new team. And the team that I am now on means that I will turn my back on the team and their style of play that I used to be engaged in. The way I used to score, I will score no longer. I'm on a new team. And so Jesus, of course, goes to John to be baptized, to, to indicate, I, I need to go through this. 
not because he be not because he was guilty, but because there's always need for us to humble ourselves and say, Lord, search my heart. I can't find anything mentally, but search my heart, God. I want to be all yours. Jesus, upon being baptized, immediately the Holy Spirit leads him, drives him, thrusts him, pushes him farther into the wilderness. Oh, my God. It is one thing to be on the edge, but it's another thing to be in the center. Have you ever felt like you're in the center of what's beyond you? Have no signs to read? No sense to make out of anything? But you are just there, and you are just there, and then you are just there, and there's no help. Jesus doesn't have any disciples. No one is looking for him. He is just there. No props around him. No props around him. And he fasts. Satan shows up. But you know, a huge thing that Jesus fasted, and I won't go through the things. You know what he fasted? He fasted his privilege. He put privilege on pause. Put privilege on pause. And by putting his privilege on pause, he was further surrendering to what was beyond him. That's what Jesus did. Then you know what happened, right? When Jesus started his ministry, there were times when folks went out to hear him preach. His pulpit was in the wilderness pulpit, and some versions describe it as the wilderness, others a desolate place, and it was there in the desolate places, there in the wilderness places that he taught in ways that captivated people. He spoke to the lining of the soul. He spoke to the things that had made them sick from the inside out. He spoke to the body, he spoke to the mind, and for days people camped out there in the wilderness, in the desolate places, and if that wasn't enough, he sent them home with lunch. The wonder in the wilderness is that when 
he decide to meet God in places that don't have definition, places that are beyond our control. God shows up. When we say, God, I'm committed to you. I'm committed. I want relationship with you more than the stuff I can collect. I want relationship with you more than anything else. And God meets us. God feeds the soul. The mind heals us, restores us, and sends us forth well-fed. May these days ahead be for us a welcome decrease. Nothing can come into our hands when they're closed. Only hands that are open can take anything in. Lord, in the name of Jesus, not only our hands, our hearts, our minds, our entire selves, we want to open to you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to trust the Father, to trust the lead of the Savior, Jesus. May we put this and that on pause. May we decrease that we might increase. To that end, meet us as you will and as you know. In the name of Jesus, amen. May we stand together and read what is listed as the assurance of pardon. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. In Jesus Christ, we all have peace. Bless his name. Amen. Let's look on the back of our program and sing together, Come Thou Fount.
after a benediction, we are going to have an offering baskets at the back, and we invite every one of you to give an offering to the Lord before we leave. Amen? Amen. Now for a benediction. May God, who has given us now, make us strong for these days ahead. May Jesus lead us, and we be found faithful to follow. May the Spirit drive us into the wilderness, burning away the shaft of our lives, and purifying our hearts for all to see and be blessed. Now unto him who has made us his children, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord, and amen. leave an offering for the Lord.